Well, we're in. Uh, we're coming near the end of the Gospel of Mark. We've been studying the Gospel of Mark for a long, long time, and uh, we've come to the place where it's the last day, basically, in the life of Jesus. The last twenty-four hours. And he has met with his disciples. They've had a Passover meal together. He's instituted what we call today communion or the Lord's Supper. And at that meal, he made an amazing announcement to all of his disciples. He said, uh, before this night is over, uh, all of you will desert me. All of you will run away from me. And uh, will deny me. And Simon Peter said, Lord, that's not going to happen. Not with me. And he said, now, it, it wouldn't surprise me if all these others may deny you. But I will never deny you. And Jesus said, uh, Peter, I'm telling you, before this night is over, before the cock crows, before the rooster crows... You will deny me three times. And Peter just vehemently was insulted. And he said, uh, I'm willing to die for you. I will never deny you. And so they left that meal and they sang a hymn and they went out into uh, the garden of Gethsemane. And Jesus took Peter and James and John with him a little further than the other disciples and Then he went on even further and he began to pray. But before he did, he said to Peter and James and John, uh, Stay awake. Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. And uh, he said to Peter again, he said, Before the night is over, you will deny me. But he said, I have said, Satan has desired to have you, that he could sift you like wheat. But he said, but I've prayed for you that your faith won't fail. Even though you'll deny me, I'm praying that you won't give up on your faith. You won't, uh, you won't stop believing. And then he said, and after you have been converted or after you've changed your mind, strengthen the brothers. And Peter's just listening. You know, he says, so, okay. And then Jesus goes off to pray. And then he comes back and he finds Simon Peter snoring. He is sound asleep. And Jesus wakes him up and said, Peter, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation or testing. And and Peter, uh, oh, okay. And so Jesus goes away again. And prays, and he comes back, and they're asleep again. And then the happens a third time, and he comes back, and then he tells them, uh, you might as well sleep on, because now the time has come, the hour has come, the betrayer has come, and then they come and arrest Judas, leads the band to, uh, to, to Jesus, betrays him with a kiss, and... The soldiers began to grab Jesus and they began to arrest him and, and take him into custody. And Simon Peter, remembering what had been said, pulls out a sword and he's going to defend Jesus. 
and he just makes a slash. It's not a, he's a fisherman, you know. He's not a swordsman. And he, uh, he slices off the ear of the high priest's servant, a man named Malchus. And also one of Malchus's cousins is there and saw the whole thing. And Jesus said to Peter, Peter, put away your sword. I, if, I wanted, <laughs> if I wanted to defend myself, I could call angels to come down and take care of this business. But he said, uh, I came for this purpose. So he said, put away your sword. And then he takes, picks up the ear of Malchus and puts it back on and heals his ear. You got to wonder what Malchus thought. As he feels up there and he says, I saw that laying on the ground just a minute ago. Now it's stuck back on and it doesn't even hurt. And uh, so then they take Jesus off. And then we saw last week they took him through all these illegal trials. They're taking him from, from one place to another. Just They take him to, to Annas first, who was the former high priest. And then they take him to Caiaphas, who is the present high priest. And then eventually they send him to Pilate. And then Pilate sends him to Herod. Herod sends him back to Pilate. All of this is done against the law. It's all illegal. But I tell you, when people are full of hate, the law means nothing to them. And the truth means nothing to them. Their only desire is to get their way. And their way was to see Jesus executed. And so... uh, Now, the trial is all going on. And then we have a little parenthetical story in each of the four Gospels. You know, not not many things are mentioned in all four of the Gospels. But the story of Peter's denial is mentioned in all four Gospels. And uh, since Mark tells us part of it, and Matthew gives a little more information, Luke gives even more information, John gives a different perspective, I thought it'd just be good for us to read all of them today. And I want to begin with Matthew's account, Matthew chapter 26, verses 69 through 75. I'm going to read all four of them, so you're going to think, well, I thought you just read that, and kind of did a little bit, but I'm reading all four accounts. Matthew 26, beginning with verse 69. Now, remember, all this time, Jesus is being taken to Caiaphas. He's being taken to Pilate. He's being taken back to Caiaphas. Now, Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard. And a servant girl came up to him and said, You also were with Jesus, the Galilean. But he he denied it before them all, saying, I I don't know what you mean. I, I don't know. What are you talking about? And when he went out, to the entrance, so he, he left that place, went out to the entrance of the gate. Another servant girl saw him, and she said to the bystanders, 
This man was with Jesus of Nazareth. And again, he denied it with an oath. I do not know the man. And after a little while, the bystanders came up and said to Peter, Certainly you too are one of them. Your accent betrays you. He had a, he had a northern accent, which in Israel was kind of like a southern accent in America. So he probably talked a lot like me. He said, uh, what are y'all talking about? And the bystander said, you, you were with him. Your accent gives you away. You, we know you're from Galilee. Then he began to invoke a curse on himself. Now, this is even stronger than taking an oath. He's basically saying, the Lord strike me dead. I do not know the man. And immediately, a rooster crowed. And Peter remembered the saying of Jesus. Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out. And he wept bitterly. Every time I read this, my heart's just so moved. I feel sorry for Simon Peter. And I think, how tragic. And and I know most of us, maybe everybody, I certainly have, I've done some things that I didn't think I would do, and they ended up hurting somebody seriously, and, and it broke my heart. And I thought, I can't believe I did that. But maybe nothing quite of this magnitude. And then Mark's account, this is in Mark chapter 14, verses 66 through 72. And again, this is going to sound very uh, repetitive. And as Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came, and seeing Peter warming himself... She looked at him and said, You also were with the Nazarene, Jesus. But he denied it, saying, I I, I neither know or understand what you mean. Again, I, I don't know what you're talking about. And he went out into the gateway, and the rooster crowed. Now, this was, this time the rooster's going to crow twice in Mark's account. And the servant girl saw him and began again, and began again to say to the bystander, This man is one of them. And again he denied it. And after a little while, the bystanders again said to Peter, Certainly you are one of them, for you are a Galilean. And he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear, I do not know this man of whom you speak. And immediately the rooster crowed a second time. And Peter remembered how Jesus had said to him, Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And he broke down. And he wept. Now, let's read Luke's account. And this is in Luke chapter 22, verses 54 through 62. Get a little bit more information here. Then they seized Jesus and they led him away, bringing him into the high priest's house. And Peter was following at a distance. And this word for distance here actually means a rather long distance. And when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat down among them. 
Then a servant girl, seeing him as he sat in the light and looking closely at him, said, This man also was with Jesus. But he denied it, saying, Woman, I, I do not know him. And a little later, someone else saw him and said, You also are one of them. And Peter said, Man, I am not. And after an interval of about an hour, now an hour has passed, Still another insisted, saying, Certainly this man also was with him, for he too is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you're talking about. And immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned, listen to this, And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out, and he wept bitterly. By the way, this phrase here, this wept bitterly, is a phrase that means to convulsively weep. I mean to weep convulsively. Now I want to read John's account, which is, uh, we'll go to John chapter 18, We'll read verses 15 through 18 and then 25 through 27. John 18, verses 15 through 18 first. Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple. This was John, no doubt. Since that disciple, John, was known to the high priest, he entered with Jesus into the court of the high priest. But Peter stood outside at the door, so the other disciple who was known to the high priest went out and spoke to the servant girl who kept watch at the door and brought Peter in. The servant girl at the door said to Peter, You also are not one of the, this man's disciples, are you? And he said, I'm not. Now the servants and officers had made a charcoal fire, and because it was cold... And they were standing and warming themselves. Peter also was with them standing and warming himself. Now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself. So they said to him, you also are not one of his disciples, are you? So they're asking it a kind of a negative. He denied it and said, I'm not. And then we're going to go down to uh, verses 25 through 27. Um, now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself I, I just read that in our, and one of the servants of the high priest a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off so this is a, a relative of Malchus said didn't I see you in the garden with him and Peter again denied it and at once a rooster crowed um, you ever wonder why this is included at four times in the New Testament? It must really be significant. It must be important. I think God is trying to give us a message today, not just about what happened with Simon Peter, but what could happen maybe with us. And as I read this story, three words come to my mind. I'll start with the letter C. One is confidence. Kind of self-confidence. And the second is cowardice. And then the third is 
contrition. He wept bitterly. I want us to think about the danger of self-confidence. You know, today we live in a society where people are, are kind of encouraged to trust in yourself. Think highly of yourself. Self-esteem, a high self-esteem, uh, self-confidence. But that has to be balanced with an awareness that we are certainly weak and fallible. There is a sense in which we ought to say to our children, you know, don't be overly shy, don't, don't, don't back away, step up and do what you need to do. But at the same time, we need to remind ourselves and our children, don't boast about how strong you are. Don't, uh, don't be overly self-confident. The Bible says in Proverbs 16, 18, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And we're told in 1 Corinthians 10, 12, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. So when you think, and I'm strong, better watch out. Because you're never as strong as you think you are. Simon Peter thought, well, you know, Jesus, these others may fail you, but I'm not going to fail you. I'm, I, I am the, the rock. Don't you know? You've, you've even given me that name. I'm Peter, the rock. And Jesus said, but you will fail me. And uh, Peter should have listened. Because he did fail him, much to his great shame and disappointment. So how how does it happen? By the way, I saw something this week that kind of surprised me. You know, this whole event was about three hours long. When Jesus was arrested and taken into the court and the trials going on, they all lasted about three hours. Peter was there for three hours. And my first thought was, he, he was courageous. He did follow. He followed from a far distance, but then he actually managed to get right into the courtyard where the trials were going on, and so much so that when Jesus was actually being brought from Annas to Caiaphas for the last time, Peter was actually in view. He could actually see Jesus, and Jesus could see him. So, in a way, he was courageous. He thought, well, I'm, I'm going to stay fairly close. Not too close, but fairly close. And when that first girl said, I recognize you, I think most people would have said, uh-oh, I better get out of here. But he didn't. He didn't leave. He stayed, and then he stayed another hour after that, and it was like three hours passed as he had all these uh, accusations, yeah. You know him. I recognize you. So, so how did this happen? Well, I think, for one thing, he boasted too much. He, he was so confident that it couldn't happen to him. Occasionally, I hear people 
make statements that just cause me to cringe a little bit. They say, well, I guarantee you that could never happen to me. I could never do that. And I just want you to know that's foolish. The Bible talks about foolish boasting. The Bible says we don't even really know our own heart. We think we know ourselves pretty well. But the Bible tells us that the heart of man is deceitful above all things, desperately wicked. Who could know it? There was a man in the Old Testament named Haziel. And Elijah the prophet went to Haziel and said to him, The day will come. When you are so violent and so evil that you will kill women and children and uh, do all kinds of atrocities. And Haziel was appalled and he was so angry and he said, Am I a dog that I would do such things as that? Never would I do that. You read three chapters later and he did exactly the things that uh, the prophet said he would do. The Bible tells us, like God, now Jesus said to Peter, watch and pray. Watch and pray. Jesus gave a parable to this end that men ought always to pray and not to lose heart, not to faint. And I'm telling you, if we don't watch and pray, we are capable of some gross sins. And when a person says, well, not me, I could never fall into that sin. The Bible says, take heed. When you think you're strong and you stand, watch out lest you fall. It's a lesson I think that God wants us to learn. Don't boast. We had a young youth pastor many, many years ago who made a statement that I'll never forget. He was preaching to, to the teenagers, but the rest of us folks were listening too, and I'm glad I was. He said, you think you're a good Christian. Some of you think you're a really good Christian. But he said, I want you to know you have more in common with Adolf Hitler than you do with Jesus Christ. And when he said that, I thought, whoa. I never thought about having anything in common with Hitler. I always thought I had more in common with Jesus. But he went on to show scripturally that if we think we're strong, we may be deceiving our own self. That's the reason we need to live in constant humility and in constant dependence upon Jesus. Jesus said to Simon Peter, watch and pray, lest you enter into destructive temptation. So he boasted too much. He listened too little. Jesus had told him three times, you're going to deny me. Well, he didn't listen to that. Jesus told him, watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. He didn't listen to that. And sometimes we fail because we just don't listen. 
We don't listen to what God says. We don't listen to what others, wise counselors may say to us. I do so much counseling. I tell you, I just seem like I do more of that than I do of anything else. And here's what I've learned over the years, and it's gotten worse over the years. There are fewer and fewer people who hear and take biblical counsel. I don't ever give them my opinion. I don't ever say, well, here's what I think. No, I always say, well, you know, God says, and I give them right out of the Scripture. Many times just quote or show them right in the Scripture. And they'll say, well, yeah, but I... And they go and refuse that counsel. Listen. We need to listen. We need to listen to what God says. And uh, if we don't listen, we're just very, very liable to make some very serious wrong choices. I was thinking about a man just this morning, in fact, that I've given counsel to over the years. And I just tried to go back and I, I thought, everything I told him the Bible says he shouldn't do, he did. And everything that I told him that the Bible says you should do, he didn't. And as a result of that, this day, he has a a whole host of broken relationships and broken hearts and broken lives, and he himself is broken. And I think, well, it's not just because he didn't listen to me. It's because he didn't listen to what God said. Well, Peter didn't listen. So he boasted too much. He listened too little. He prayed too little. Jesus has said, pray. Simon Peter, I mean, this is we're coming down to the wire here. You need to spend an hour in prayer, fervent prayer. And Peter went to sleep. Well, it's hard sometimes not to go to sleep, isn't it? I've always had a problem with insomnia up until just a few years ago. And uh, I found that if I would just go ahead and try to spend an hour praying, I'd go to sleep. Because the devil puts you to sleep if you get too serious about praying. And I think Peter just didn't pray enough. I mean, Jesus said, you need to really pray. Be on guard. Pray. But Peter didn't pray. And then he acted too fast. He made his decision. Whip out that sword. I'm going to do something. No, he acted too fast. And then he followed too far. He said he followed at a great distance. So how in the world did he fail after all of this? You know, I believe that if Peter had been arrested and had been brought up and sat down beside Jesus and put on trial and they said, are you one of his disciples? I believe he would have said, I sure am. I think that's what he thought was going to happen. I think he thought there was going to be some kind of public 
accusation where he stood before the court, that's what he had in mind. He never dreamed that it was going to be a junior high girl that would confront him. He never thought that it was going to be somebody who was going to confront him while he's warming himself by the fire, standing out in the courtyard. And sometimes we think, well, if I got arrested for being a Christian and they put me on trial, I would stand up for Jesus. And we might would. But the question is, when we are in our day-by-day, event-by-event lives, do we stand up for Jesus? When the opportunity comes to speak in His behalf, or the opportunity comes to identify ourselves as a follower of Jesus, not in some kind of public arena, not on trial, but just, In our daily experiences, do we back away, kind of shut down, and say, "Uh, I I, I don't, that's that's not important to me. And so here is the admonition the Lord has spoken to my heart this week, is that uh, I want to be faithful around the fire. I want to be faithful in the courtyard. I want to be faithful at Walmart. I want to be faithful at the tire store or wherever I am. If I have an opportunity to identify myself as a follower of Jesus, I want to be willing to do that. Now, there was a point in this whole thing where Jesus looked right at Peter. Can you imagine? I'm sure he never forgot the look in the eyes. I mean, the face of Jesus was bloody. His beard, parts of it had been pulled out. Crown of thorns on his head. His face is dripping with blood. And about the only thing visible that was recognizable was his eyes. And Jesus just looked straight at him. And Peter remembered. Oh, I did just what I said I wouldn't do. I did what he said I would do, which I said I would never do. And Peter was filled with shame and guilt. And he went out and wept convulsively. It's not the end of the story, however. I think Peter probably thought it was the end of the story. I can't even imagine. I've tried to put myself in Peter's place thinking how I would have felt for the next three days knowing that the last look that I'd had with the Savior that I loved so much was a look that condemned me for my cowardice and even when Peter heard he's alive 
Jesus has risen from the dead. There had to be a, a sense of that's good, but I'm not sure I want to see him. And John tells us a story at the end of his gospel in the 21st chapter of John where all the, the disciples, some of them, were out in a boat fishing. And they look over on the shore and they see Jesus walking on the shore. Peter jumps in the water and he swims over to Jesus, pulls a net full of fish up, and Jesus has fixed breakfast for him. He has a some fish cooking on some fire that he made and he has some bread. And he said to Simon Peter, as Peter approaches him, he says, says, Peter, do you love me more than, than these? There's a question as to whether he meant more than all these fish and the fishing gear, or maybe he meant more than all these other disciples. That, do you love me more than, more than these others love me? You know, the ones that you said, they might deny you, but I never will. Do you love me more than they do? And Peter said, yes, Lord. You know that I love you. And he said to him, Feed my lambs. And then he said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Do you love me? And he said, yes, Lord. You know that I love you. And he said to him, tend my sheep. And he said to him a third time, oh, third time Simon son of John do you love me and Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time do you love me and he said to him Lord you know everything you know that I love you and Jesus said to him feed my sheep feed my sheep take care of my flock And we know that about six or seven weeks later, Peter is the one who stands up on the day of Pentecost and he preaches a great sermon. And God brings 3,000 people to faith in Jesus. And throughout the rest of his life, Peter is faithful preaches the gospel, travels, does missionary work, ministers to the Jewish people, writes two letters that we have in the New Testament. And then tradition tells us that he himself was arrested finally and was crucified upside down in Rome because of his love for Jesus. The point I see in this is that Jesus says to all of us, yeah, there have been times that you failed. There have been times that you have not been as courageous as you thought you would be or as you should have been. There have been times you disappointed yourself. 
But I want you to know, if you love me, I still have work for you to do. There's nothing you can do about the past. Boy, wouldn't it be wonderful if life had a rewind button? And we could just go back and say, okay, I'm going to have a do-over. And I'm not going to do that this time. Man, I'd wear mine out. I'd be rewinding some stuff for sure. But life doesn't have a rewind button. But it does have a play button. And we are living right now in the time of the grace of Jesus where he says, I know you failed, but I have something for you to do. Feed my lambs. Feed my sheep. Tend my flock. Look forward, not backward. And that's what I encourage all of us to do today is uh, glance backward. I don't think Peter ever forgot. I don't think he ever forgot what he did. That's the reason it's in all four Gospels. He told Mark about it. He told Matthew about it. He told Luke about it. He told John about it. John already knew about it. And they said, well, you you want us to leave this part out? You know, we could just leave that part out. No, he said, put it in. Let everybody know that when you're overconfident, you might fail. But be sure you let them know that even if you do fail, God can forgive you and can use you. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you that this story wasn't left out. It's been such a comfort to me over the years and such a challenge to me over the years. And I want to be a faithful witness for you. I, I, I don't want to deny you. I don't want to deny you if I'm ever put on trial before some kind of governmental tribunal. But I don't want to deny you at Walmart either. I don't want to deny you around the fire warming myself. I don't want to deny you when others are condemning you. I want to be able to stand and say, Jesus is my Lord. I trust him. I love him. But I know there have been times in my past that if I could go back and rewind and redo, I'd make some different choices. But I thank you that in the cross there is forgiveness for every sin, for every failure, And that you use people who failed. And I pray that you'll help each one of us to both be encouraged to stand strong for Jesus, but also to take heart and be hopeful in knowing that regardless of our past, you have a future for us that is to be a blessing. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We invite you to like us on Facebook or visit our website, www.bearcreekbaptist.org. If you're not a member of another church, we would like to invite you to join us in person and get to know us and let us get to know you. Have a great week and may the Lord richly bless you.